Thank you for joining us for After the Message. To learn more about Celebration Church here in Orlando, you can follow us on social media under the handle at CelebrationORL or visit our website at CelebrationORL.org. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to After the Message. If you are new to this or you've stumbled upon this, uh, this is a segment of the Celebration Church podcast located here in Orlando. Um, I'm joined by... Uh, our lead pastor of the city, Pastor Keith Pittman. How are you, sir? I'm doing wonderful, man. How are you doing? I'm doing well. It's been a while, man. It has. I'm glad you're back. Yeah, I'm glad to be back. I know I've been on a little bit of a hiatus. There's a lot going on, but um, I I love this. I love I I listen to this faithfully, and I'm, I feel like I'm like it's like I feel like I'm an honored guest, man. I'm, <laughs> I'm glad to be in the room. I can't believe I'm with the host. Yeah, it's it's amazing. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, if, like I said, if you're just tuning in, uh, this is simply uh a continuing of the discussion from Sunday's message, mm-hmm. and we hope that it encourages you to do the same in your circles. You know, yeah, continue, absolutely. Continue the conversation. Uh, Sunday is not just for Sunday. It's for the rest of the week. That's so, right. Uh, so, yeah, that's what this is, and, and we hope that uh, it's encouraging for you. And if you're catching us, we are in the, the middle of a series, Church Lingo here, a series mm-hmm. on uh, Reset. And yeah. we're, we're, if historically you've known anything about Celebration Church, we participate in 21 days of prayer and fasting mm-hmm. at the beginning of January. And I think reset uh, from 2020 is kind of uh, refreshing. <laughs> so let's start there, it. man. Let's, let's start with, it seemed obvious like that we should have something called reset, but what was kind of like in your mind or heart, like at the end of 2020, like, man, what, what am I going to say to these people for 21? You know, like what's God saying? Man, I think some, you know, I I often say to some people, like some things you, you just don't have to pray about. Like some (laughs) things are just so obvious where I've, I've had conversations with people and I'm like, Hey man, here's a great opportunity. You're like, let me go pray. I'm like, man, like sometimes you don't got to pray about it. It's pretty clear (laughs) that I feel like, no, but I I, I digress. So for me, I, I knew um, typically as the year is wrapping up on, on regular years, when you're not dealing with pandemics and all the other stuff that's going on, you're, you're beginning to think through like, man, like how do we summarize, but carry the momentum and going forward. And so mm. even though like January, the new year typically gives you an opportunity to, to reset, to restart or whatever. A lot of times in times past, it's also been carrying the momentum because one of the things that I learned early in ministry is that our tendency can be to only speak to the struggle. Hmm. Like that can be, that yeah. could be our tendency. Like we come in and it's only about, I don't know what you're carrying struggle. today. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. it's exclusively about that. Um, but the longer I've been doing this, I've been around folks that are like, yeah, we all have struggles and, and all that stuff, but I want to know how to steward the blessings. I want to know how mm. to steward what's going good in my life. And, mm. and so I think there's a responsibility to make sure that we present the balance of everything is not always everything's not always like terrible. And right. again, as a, as a preacher, my default is to refer to the struggle because you're sure. trying to encourage people, but encouragement can also bring balance and stewardship to what's going well. And so I say, I had to say, so when times pass, the tension is how do you let go of the things you need to let go of, but carry the momentum of the good things from the previous season. So that's mm-hmm. typically been the way that I approach every new year. But I feel like I just kind of had a sense of like, I think it's, I think I'm, I think I'm safe to say that all of us just need a reset of some sort. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I don't think there's, you know, we all may want to carry momentum in some way or another, but for me, I just knew it was like a, a restarting. And so typically for me, once I start thinking about what is it that I want people to experience or what do I feel like, what am I walking through? What do yeah. I feel like God is speaking to me? I then just begin to kind of 
process through? What are some words that that capture that? And so I was looking at refreshing and restart, just like these things that are meant to kind of be a fresh start, so to speak. And so reset was really good because in the opening in the opening message of the series, I kind of gave this illustration about like resetting your phone. Mm-hmm. Well, I literally had to reset my phone. And so when I reset my phone, it it like it recalibrated, it got back into an alignment with the way it was supposed to function. And so from that, that birth, like, hey, I'm going to stick with reset yeah. instead of fresh start or restart or re- like it was like reset because I remember looking at my phone and saying like reset all settings. And I'm like, yes, <laughs> I think all of us would have wish we could go back and hit a button I know, <laughs> and just man. hit the reset button. And then we could kind of have that blank canvas of opportunities in front of us. Erase some memory. And <laughs> exactly. Just, you know, old <laughs> pictures that you don't want to see anymore. Like, yeah, that'd be the nice. problem is they end up in the cloud and they come back and haunt oh, you. Oh, man. <laughs> Another sermon for another for, for another sure. day. That's we for can, sure. we could go, man. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, I'm always every every time we we discuss like New Year, and you know uh, the beginning in January. It's always amazing to me how we attribute um, like this time of year and this season to like a fresh start, like we were talking about, and it's mm-hmm. almost like it's a uh, a magic bullet, and our problems go away, and mm-hmm. you know. And so I was thinking about that, but I was kind of thinking along the lines of there is a little bit of truth in it mm-hmm. as far as you look at seasons in scripture and how God implements these times and stuff where um, they're rhythms in order for you, in order to grab your attention. Mm-hmm. Um, you even think about, you know, in the Old Testament when he has, uh, he has them rest the land yes. for an entire year, every Come seventh on, year, I think it was, you yes. know? So we do make fun of like the turning of the calendar doesn't magically make things disappear. Like we make fun of that, mm-hmm. but at the same time, like it is a reminder for us, like, Oh yeah. Like I, I can, I can reset some things in my life. And Absolutely. I think, I think the 21 days of prayer and fasting is a great way to start that. Yes. Um, and if you're unfamiliar with fasting, um, the way that, that you've described it is great. And it's something I've actually never heard before. It's a way to, to um to remove some things from our lives so that we can focus on God, right? Mm-hmm. What's yeah. the what's the actual word verbiage that you've been using? I think it's um it's to abstain. Abstain. Yeah, yeah. to abstain from something so that you can um engage yes. in, in the things of God a little abstain, bit more. Yeah. Um and, and and what I'll say to you, like what you were saying, man, I yeah. think it's it's so spot on with um this whole idea of like reset, magic bullet. What does that all mean? Mm-hmm. But I, I think you're right. What it what it does is the situation itself may not change overnight, but our posture can. Yeah. And what I think we have is I think there's a grace that God gives certain seasons for us to almost have permission to have a change of posture. Hmm. And, and I think that that's a big thing that like closing out of 2020 that I started talking about is like, man, you have permission to have hope. And, and, I, and God put that on my heart because I felt that there, as I was talking with people, that people were very apprehensive with having hope, with having mm-hmm. dreams, with believing anything because their situation was so dire. So I think that there are certain seasons where it almost gives you permission. No, you have permission to have a fresh start. Mm-hmm. You have a permission. So no, you don't have to, you don't have to wait to the beginning of the year to have 21 days of prayer and fasting. Sure. Like, like for, for Magna and I, we fast several times during the year, but this is the time, this is the longest length of time um, consecutively and with the largest group of people that we do it. But, but I fast monthly just mm-hmm. as a way of just, a, just a way for me to kind of do my best to try to stay in tune with God and, and, and things like that. But I don't need January to fast. Mm-hmm. I don't need January to pray. Right. But if there's a grace there where you can bring other people, because it's the same reason why gym memberships are at an all time high in January. Right. It's because there's like a grace where people are willing 
man, I, you know what? I do want to make a fresh start. So January is going to be my time. Mm-hmm. So I think it's moments where we can maximize it to really lean into it. And so I think no better way than to say in this season, I'm going to abstain from some things that can be a distraction. And so reference points, and I know it's so easy, but media, social media, like yeah. I think we forget just how, how, like how pervasive those things can be, like how much they really can get into your mind and, and really begin to affect you. So I think it's in seasons like this, it's okay. You know what? I'm going to disconnect from getting my information from um, the opinions of people and all that stuff. I want to be, I've said this before, I want to be informed about what's going on, but I don't want what's going on to inform me, mm-hmm. to inwardly form me. Mm-hmm. And I think when we obsess over content so much, we're not just being informed, we're allowing it to form us inside, form mm-hmm. the way that we think about people. And I think that's when it gets dangerous. Yeah, it's um, it's interesting. I even mentioned it the other day, just kind of uh, tongue in cheek, but it's so true. I was like, man, I need to eat like this all the time. You know, yeah, <laughs> like I feel sure. just this clarity. And, and uh, <laughs> I mean, you know, Vinny and I talked last week on the podcast how everything's connected, like the mind, the body, the spirit, you know, and, and what you do in one aspect affects the other, you mm-hmm. know, because God created, created us as an entire entity. We're not yes. just body and then you compartmentalize mind. And, no, it's, it's, all connected. it's all intertwined. And so what you do, you know, in with your body definitely af- affects your mind. I mean, that's scientifically proven, mm-hmm. by the way. And mm-hmm. then and then your soul, your spirit. And yep. so, so yeah. I Which think, is why Jesus says, worship me with your mind, with exactly. all your mind, with all your heart, with all your strength. Like he's connecting these things that scientifically we may describe differently, but ultimately they're all connected. So what he's saying is don't compartmentalize even your worship, hmm. there should be an expression and the connection there that all flows through it. So you're dead on. Which is a great segue into to kind of what we what we talked about this past Sunday. You mm-hmm. know, worship and yeah. and how we worship. And um, I, you started off by talking about how sometimes your prayer can turn into processing. You yeah. know what I mean? <laughs> and you were talking about being in Montana and having this moment where you're praying with God and you're like, oh man, did I do that? Like yep. you know that distracted mindset. But I did want to I did want to ask you, like, is there an element of prayer uh, where prayer can become like processing, but it's 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 still prayer. Does that make sense? Yeah. Or like meditation almost like where you're not necessarily saying like, dear Heavenly Father, Mm -hmm. you're thinking through things, but you're thinking through things with God. Do you experience that? Absolutely. All the time. And 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 none of it's none of it's bad. Like, I think there's I think it's safe to process things with God. I think what happens is, is when we get into that space with God, when we begin to process things outside of him. Hmm. So when I'm thinking about whether or not my son took the trash out, I'm not processed. That's not a, I mean, maybe I am praying that my son would actually do it, <laughs> but, but it's, it's, a, it's a little bit different. So yeah, I, I, what I've learned with, with, with prayer and just engaging God, I, I remember um, in my early spiritual journey, the way that prayer was described to me was prayer is a conversation to God. Mm-hmm. It's, it's us talking to God, God's word, it's him talking to us mm-hmm. because what you'll find is the more that I'm engaging in God's word, the way that he, he responds to me in, in his word. So whether it be me reading the word, reminding me of the things that his word said, this is how we are able to, to verify if whatever we say that we feel like God is saying to us is actually coming from God because God's not going to tell you to do something that's completely contrary yeah. to him. So there are absolutely times where I am literally processing things out loud. And there's moments that I'll intentionally do that where there will be a moment where I'm like, you know, I don't think it's like, a, hey, at five o'clock, I'm going to have sure. an intentional processing moment with God, but there are prayers that I pray. So when, when Paul tells us to, to pray without ceasing, I, I, I cannot remember the name of the, the scholar or theologian or pastor that said it, but he says that 
I rarely pray more than 30 minutes, but I never go more than 30 minutes without praying. Mm. Um, those are powerful words that, that I've since that's, that's a little bit of hyperbole, but I generally find myself just having prayer moments. So when, like when we're having staff meetings and I hear someone say something, I may say a prayer right there on the spot. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be a long drawn out, but it may just be like, man, let me just pray for that right now. Yeah. Um, and so what I find is it's in those moments, those where those processing things happen. When I go into my office and like, God, help, help me to understand, like, I'm really struggling with this Lord. Like, I just need more clarity and, and peace and perspective on this. Like, just, just help me. Cause I'm really trying to figure out what the next steps are with this and mm-hmm. then leave it at that. So it's not like this massive, like, 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 decorum of right. oh heavenly father right. creator of the heavens and the universe yeah. like it's sometimes it's just a conversation but it's still approached with reverence and respect sure i think you know to be honest with you a lot of times when i catch myself uh, out of communion or communication with god is it's because i'm afraid of what he's going to say back to me mm. or i'm afraid like i know, almost know the answer yes you know what i mean yes. so if i if i tell god or i ask god uh, it's like when you go to your parents and say, Hey, uh, when you're a kid, Hey, can I sleep over at so-and-so's house? Like you're a friend's <laughs> house or whatever, you know, like, no, tomorrow's a school day. They're yes. not going to let me do that. But yes. you're, so you're apprehensive to ask, even though you want to. So I, I find myself a lot of times like in that space of God, I want to talk to you, but I'm pretty sure you're going to tell me to do something uncomfortable. Does yes. that make sense? That makes perfect sense. So, and that's, that's just kind of part of our, our Christian journey. Cause we're still, mm-hmm. we're still human beings yeah. and we kind of, no. And so I think there's times when it's like you can know something and then there's a moment when you know better mm. and there's a there's a balance to it. And so I think there's times when we we may be aware of something, we know something. But when we know better, like, man, like I, I know better than that. Yeah. We don't want to pray about that because you like, again, some things don't got to pray about. Yeah. I don't got to pray about whether or not I should go and apologize to my wife if I mm. if I spoke out of turn or did something wrong. Yeah. So we know better. So right. those are the things that we tend to not want to go talk to God about because he's going to be like, man, you don't got to be talking to me. man. You need to be talking to her. <laughs> what, what what do you say to someone and if anybody's ever asked you this like man i feel like i just can't i don't hear god you know yeah. like and it's not necessarily they feel like i'm praying i i feel like i'm doing all the right things but i i feel like i just don't hear anything back like what do you typically say to someone who struggles with that yeah i i think i was i was just talking to someone today about it i think what happens is man like we we have the advantage and, and I'll, I'll be preaching about it this week so if someone's listening they're going to hear something that you're actually going to probably hear me say a version of this in the next message, which means if you're part of our after the message crowd and you don't listen to our next messages, this is actually going to help you to give you a segue to make sure you check out the next <laughs> message. But I, I think that what can happen is, man, we we have the advantage of having the Bible like this, this power packed book with all these stories and narratives and these things that are like larger than life. Hmm. So I, I went to Israel um, a few years back. Mm-hmm. And I remember I'm standing on the top of Mount Carmel. Mount Carmel is this epic mountain where like Elijah calls down fire <laughs> against the prophet, of, like this epic thing. Yeah. So I'm standing there and I'm like, I mean, and they made like a, like a mural to it. So it's like really nice, but we're standing there. I'm like, man, this isn't as big as I thought. And so as the guy is talking to me and sharing with me, like the experience and why they believe this was a location, he then points over to the side, like, oh, and over there, that's, that's Mount Nebo. Mm. So I'm like, okay, where? Like, Nate, it wasn't a mountain at all. It was just a hill. Hmm. Like, I, I was looking through the lens of Scripture, and when we see these words, it's like these magnanimous movements that are, like, earth-shaking. Hmm. But now I'm over in the—I'm over literally in the promised land, and I'm looking at just a hill. Hmm. And I think what happens is, is that we read these stories in Scriptures. We hear about these people that have, like, these moments with God, and we're like, 
man, so I'm going to hear from God. It's going to be a burning bush type right. of experience. It's going to be epic. Right. When a lot of times hearing from God is just going to be when you do your Devo and there's going to be a word that stands out to you. And that's God's way of affirming something that he wants you to do. Yeah. It could be just when you listen to the message from that weekend and there's one line that stood out to you. That's God speaking to us. So I think it's mm-hmm. recognizing that the Holy Spirit speaks in a still small voice instead of these epic earth changing moments that sometimes we find ourselves looking for. Yeah. And I think that's one thing I'm learning the past two years that I've been in ministry. I think that that's something that the church in America specifically can improve upon in the way that we communicate and and speak. Um, Sometimes it's not this uh, romanticized, like huge (laughs) deal. You know, Mm -hmm. sometimes it's just like on your way to work and maybe you're listening to a worship song and God speaks to you through that, you know, yeah. you know but sometimes we can um, dramatize it, I yes. guess you would say. And I think that I think there are aspects of the Bible that were are dramatized. For like, sure. Th- th- for sure there are, because this is writing like you when you're when you're doing a craft, you you want to make it great and mm-hmm. you want to make it stand out. And that's why we do certain things whenever we speak and we make sure that our speech mm-hmm. is well oriented and structured properly so that it's not distracting. But yeah. it also is captivating as well. So for sure, uh, it's not like um, bait and switch. It's just mm-hmm. like, why not make it great? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> why not make it captivating? Mm-hmm. I mean, this is the greatest story ever told. You know Absolutely. what I mean? So. Um, and you so, know what yeah. I think, um, just to kind of speak to that, mm-hmm. Eugene Peterson wrote a book, and if I get the title wrong, it's close enough. It's A Long Obedience in the Same Direction, something like that. Yeah. Long Obedience yeah. in the Same Direction, yeah. something like that. And really, what, as you can tell from the title, it's really dealing with, like, that's what our journey is. It's mm-hmm. just obedience going in the same direction. It's mm-hmm. just faithfully walking this thing out. And I think what sometimes we can miss, which is why... I love um, doing background studies when I do study the Bible is because, you know, you can turn a page on the Bible and obviously our perception is, okay, so this is the same narrative, Hmm. bro. Sometimes it's like 12 years later, right? It's like, and and sometimes that that gets completely missed. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so you're thinking like, man, Paul gets called into ministry, has this epic moment with God. Two days later, he's hitting the road. Two (laughs) days later, like he's out, he's doing his thing. And just, you know, and, and obviously being in ministry, um, for the time that I have, I've had so many people that have like these Paul experiences where God has told them, this is what I'm calling you to do. And so now it becomes God's called me and told me that I'm supposed to be a pastor. I'm supposed to be preaching. Like, when can I preach? I'm like, man, you got saved yesterday. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, can like, 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 let's, let's walk this thing out, man. Yeah. Let's make sure that we develop. And then when you begin to like, no, but I just like Paul, well, let's look at what Paul did. Right. <laughs> Paul went back, submitted himself to the disciples, literally like was in obscurity just serving for 12 years before mm-hmm. he gets sent out on his like that just gets missed sometimes yeah. and it, it, it's even kind of like what we talked about a couple of weeks ago with elisha mm-hmm. like that dude just sat under elijah forever yes and was just faithful and a servant and, yep. and until god uh finally put him in yep. kind of that ultimate uh place but um but th- this past week, like I said, we, we, we talked about worship and, and the title of the, the message was, was Look Up. And we talked about how we can be so consumed with earthly things that, you know, we never pause to take a moment and look up. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think the definition of worship is, is, is well repeating. It says worship allows us to look up and focus on God, the all and majesty of God, actually. And it says worship is the practice of expressing praise, thanksgiving and adoration mm-hmm. um, to show. Uh, devotion um, or, or to make him our primary focus. And yes. 
a lot of times I think I've been thinking about this for the past week now. I think since that message is, man, we worship the miracle or mm-hmm. we worship the we worship the attributes of God or mm-hmm. we worship the things that we get from God instead of worshiping God. Come on. So I think the three things that we hit on, you know, uh, one of that one of those idols or things that we make an idol being money, mm-hmm. um, that generosity and putting God first in our finances helps to refocus. Like, no, mm-hmm. even if I don't see the fruit of this, like the way that I want to see it, mm-hmm. I, it's actually the focus on God. That's yes. what I'm trying to do. You know what I'm yes, saying? Absolutely. So, um, I think that gets lost sometimes in, in, in the way that we, the way that we worship is okay. I'm worshiping God so I can get the healing. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's, it's cause I think, um, kind of like what you were saying, man, like in, in the church, you know, and, and, you know, I, by all means, I'm not trying to be critical of the church. I, I love it. I'm in it. Yes. I, I, I do it. This is what I, this is what I've given my life to. But I think what we are doing is we have these moments where you just want to encourage people. Yep. And, and, and I think that's, that's the, that's the, that's the core driver is like, we want to speak truth and encourage people. That's what gives birth to hope so that they can hold on to the next day. Mm. So what ends up happening is we give the cliff notes version of, of a narrative. We kind of give the, we give the reduced version. We just, we want to get past, like, we'll talk about struggle. We'll talk about suffering, but we celebrate the miracle, which we should, because that's what, that's what God does. But I think that, I think that there's a difference between worshiping God for what he does versus worshiping God for who he is. Yes. And I think that's the thing that that makes the distinction between um, circumstantial um, devotion versus a devotion that can be sustained no matter what the circumstance is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The first thing we talked about was we worship God with the way that that we live mm-hmm. and, and, and we refer to Jesus and how he, he lived a life of serving. And I think that's something that and, you know, again, modernity has kind of missed the mark on as, as far as Christianity goes is man, by the fruit, they'll know that we're his followers. Yep. You, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and I think, I think we need to, we need to keep hitting on that. We need to keep yeah. reiterating that. I think it gets, I think the, the problem is, man, is that, is that everybody has their, like, you know how there's different translations of the Bible? Yes. So you have like, okay, you know, I, I read from the, the ESV or or the CSB and you have the message version. And mm-hmm. so, and, and I, I never n- realized like how hotly contested some of these different um, translations are. Mm. And, and, for, and rightfully so. I know mm-hmm. that they're like, oh, this was not translated the right way. Mm-hmm. And, and ultimately what you're trying to deduce is make sure that a translation doesn't, doesn't completely misrepresent the message of God. Right. So, so but I, I remember being in those debates about which translation is the best and all that stuff. So I think that unfortunately, that's what you find in Christianity now mm-hmm. is that you have different people to have different translations of what does it mean to produce fruit that follows mm-hmm. God. So I think we're, we're, we're in a season now where quite honestly, I think that different, different people, different ideologies, different political parties have hijacked aspects of Christianity and have redefined it to fit their expression of it. So now that that's been hijacked, I'm saying, well, by the expression of the way that I am connected to this politician or whatever, this is the fruit of my salvation. So people, they completely lose sight of the fact that we've reduced God to fit him into a structure that doesn't transcend death. Like, and so that's why I often Mm -hmm. say it, like when we, when we get to heaven, there's not going to be, there's not going to be Democrats, Republicans. There's not going to be like there, there it's, 
So that means that that's not a kingdom created thing. That's a that's a man-made social construct. So we're reducing God to make him fit into something that has nothing to do with kingdom. Mm. And I think that's what that's what we miss. And so here here's why when scripture says we look unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, Nate, what we look to is what we look like. So, so let me say that again. I actually meant to say that on Sunday and I got through my message. I came home. I reviewed my notes as I do a lot of times. I'm like, dang it. I forgot to say that. And that was a good line. So I'm going to say it here and you may hear it again later. Again, you'll hear it on next week's message. But what you look to is what you look like. And, and here's what I mean by that. So we're looking up. If I'm looking to Jesus, then hopefully I begin to look like him. I begin mm-hmm. to model myself to do things that I see him doing. Mm-hmm. But if I'm looking to a politician, watch this. If I look to them long enough, I'll find myself looking like them. Mm. And before long, I'm behaving like a person. I'm speaking like a person. And if I can be quite candid, what I've noticed is that in this season of division, I've seen people beginning to look like politicians where in times past, you never would have talked like that. You never would have behaved like that. You never would have been so angry at your brothers and sisters in Christ like you are now. How do you justify that? Because what you look to is what you look like. And I think Mm. we're looking to the wrong things. Yeah, we're going to have to start calling this like before the message if you keep <laughs> going because we're <laughs> going to be preaching your yeah, you're stuff right. ne- next week. <laughs> but yeah, and, and that's, I mean, it, it's a simple truth, but I think it's something that is often overlooked. I mean, you think of athletes, how many guys come up and they're like, yeah, I mimic my shot off MJ yeah, or exactly. I mimic my swing off Tiger or mm-hmm. whatever it may be, you know, like they're just constantly looking to that and yep. trying to emulate that and mm-hmm. they ultimately end up becoming like that. Yep. And so I think that's that's a great way to 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 look at it. Um one thing I did want to get your perspective on is we we started off that section of the discussion by talking about the different translations and mm-hmm. not necessarily of the Bible but the different translations within the community and the body of Christ. Mm-hmm. How do we get back to some centrality? Do you ha- have you thought about that? Have you have you even prayed about that even? Like how do we get back to some sort of like some sort of level ground where we're like, okay, we're on the same page about the majority of this. We can have our different expressions, mm-hmm. but I, I feel like it's a little bit too disjointed at the moment. It is. I think I think where we are so so there's there's two things. I think um one, we have to recognize that that we are the solution. Yeah. So so what I found is, man, um, as I've talked with people, whether it have been in contentious political situations or even just family dynamics, what I, what I found is that people are on opposite sides of an issue and they're arguing about the fact that there's no unity. So I'm like, well, there's no magic bullet. Like you guys are complaining about each other and the fact that y'all aren't talking to each other. So the solution is talk to each other. Like mm-hmm. you are the solution if you actually recognize that you have the power to be the person that can be a change agent. So I really do believe which is why I think um, churches and pastors have a responsibility to, to do our best to obviously keep everything Christ-centric, but to challenge us, like challenge your congregation, challenge the people you have influence with, like you be the change that you want to see. Mm-hmm. So again, we worship God with the lives that we live. I think the other thing, man, is that we, we live in, a, we live in a, an era now where everybody, everybody wants to be a leader. Mm-hmm. So, so so, so let, me, let me give you this example. So if you look at the, the civil rights movement, this is obviously pre-social media, pre-all these other agendas. But at the end of the day, it was just people who were marginalized and disenfranchised that were pushing towards a singular goal 
And regardless of the different denominations, Martin Luther King um, was a Baptist um, pastor, but there were other Christian denominations that were partnering with him because it wasn't about their different theological mm -hmm. things. It's like, here's an outcome that we all are going to work together right. in order to get to it. So now you fast forward to where we are now. Everyone, everyone's a leader. Everyone has all the answers. So there, there is no, there is no like, no unity because there's not like this sense of who's going to be submitted to like, hey, you know what? Let's all work together to work towards that. It's no, it's more like, well, hey, I'm a social justice guy, so I'm gonna do it this way. Well, I'm a social justice person, and I think we should do it that way. There's no, and so what we find is a lot of good intentions, but we don't get as much results because it just sounds like. Um, clanging symbols. Mm. But I think if we can recognize our responsibility is to work together because we're all, we're all called to be children of God. then I think that will, that will bring the results. Last thing I'll say is, yeah, I think we have to get out of this. My version of my version of Christianity is the only version of Christianity. Sure. The moment that we kind of like, kind of like I was saying with Martin Luther King and the different denominations, but they all work together. The moment that we can stop believing, um, my belief system literally is the only belief system that there is, is the moment that I, I truly believe we could start seeing change. I've seen people vilify one another, um, whether it be for political positions or for other things where it's like, well, hey, if you're a Christian, then you would blank. Well, if you're a Christian, gotcha. you would blank. And what it does is it just draws us apart instead of saying like, hey, because we are Christians, let's draw together. We may have differences on some things and we can have some really honest discussions about those things but we seem to magnify, elevate, make idols of the things that make us different than the things that make us the same. And as long as I don't believe that you're a follower of Christ because of one of your positions on things, it's going to be hard for us ever to come together. Yeah. And I think too, because it's so easy, I guess there's more opportunity to become recognized by multitudes mm -hmm. nowadays. I mean, influencer, that, that's a, <laughs> that's a common term, yeah. you know, in, in, in our culture, we, you're able to, to have, I mean, I'm just tired of hearing about it, but platform, you know, like everybody's got a platform now. Mm -hmm. And so, and, and you, you're accessible to the world, yeah. you know, and it, it takes, you knowing somebody or getting, getting in the right place at the right time for mm -hmm. the world to see you. And that can be to our flesh or to our, you know, our sinful selves, like that can be a, a very attractive, yeah. you know what I mean? So I think that's where a lot of that this is my way or this is my, and another thing, man, I was talking to somebody this morning, like we, we want to tell everybody like, you're the best, like you're awesome at every, like maybe you're not <laughs> in some areas, you know, like you're, there are areas where you're weak. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like we can't tell everybody that they're the best always all the time at everything. Yeah. Okay. Like there may be aspects and propensities that you have that, that yes, you have strengths in, but mm -hmm. Let's be real about it. Yes. Like, help me in an area where I'm weak, and I can help you. You know, and kind of like what you were saying. Yeah. Like, let's lift each other up. And bro, so. I think I think what that does is that that's that's accountability in the community. I think it requires also. Um, I think it requires just just truth, and I think it's self awareness as well. Mm -hmm. Like, I think the more that we can recognize that, no, I'm not the best at everything in the world. Mm -hmm. You can handle. Um, critiques or honest observations about things but if if we are if we are raised in like this this bubble of you're perfect and then you get into a world where someone um could dare to say something opposite of that we can unfortunately view that as like oh they're just hating mm. well like you know you can define it however you want but some people really just genuinely are, are speaking truth so i think self-awareness is key and i think the way that we get self-awareness is when we're connected to just 
truth and honest community yeah. um, in our in our homes with our families, parents, as you're bringing your kids up, be honest with them, help mm -hmm. them and and help to develop them. Like it's just so important. But even in your friendship circles, like just just be real, man. Let yeah. them like speak the truth. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And a sense of humility will go a long way. I mean, you know, like Jesus, <laughs> Jesus exhibited that, you know, humility and. I think it's something we need to as well. He also had authority that mm -hmm. doesn't that doesn't take away from his authority. Yes. Um. But yeah, man. All we like sheep have gone astray. Each one turned to his own way. You yeah, know, we don't sure. have it all figured out, and so that's the beauty of the gospel. But one thing you did mention, uh, you were talking about like how we are we are the the solution to our problem. Mm -hmm. Uh, in a sense, obviously considering the grace of God working through us and, and Jesus ultimately, mm -hmm. but, but, you know, be the change that you want to see. And, and you seem, you seem pretty fired up this past Sunday about sharing that and like passionate about like, Hey guys, look like you're the worship. I can't force you to worship, you yeah. know, and I can tell you my experience and my story and, mm -hmm. and, and encourage you. But, but you got to get up, yeah. And and we we had a praise break moment <laughs> in the balcony, man, and that was that was pretty cool. It's something historically maybe we haven't done a ton of, but mm -hmm. I think it was good. And it there were moments where I was like, man, how's this gonna go over? Like maybe it is gonna be uncomfortable, but I think it pushed us past our comfort zone, yeah. And actually gave us the uh, gave us the permission to like let's just clap our hands and yell for a minute yeah. and thank God. Because you know what I've, I've noticed? I mean, and, and, and typically preachers and sometimes worship leaders will, will say this, but, but, but when you think about it, man, like it, you don't have to be convinced to, to, to celebrate when your team wins. Huh. You don't have to be convinced to express that. Like, mm. man, like if, if Tom Brady pulls it through for your, for your squad, man, like <laughs> I'm pretty sure no one's going to say, hey, Nate, this is the part where you have to like really celebrate, be happy. Like right. you're going you're gonna to be happy and, and, and we, don't have a, we don't have a hard time with expressing our happiness when it comes to virtually anything. But somehow when it comes to the things of God, it becomes like this thing where you got to be reserved, have it all together. And, 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 and I think that there's certainly personality attached to it. There's a lot of different things, but I think, like you said, we got to give ourselves permission that man, like the things that you love, you should be passionate about. Mm. And if we really have perspective, which was like the point I was making, like with, with David, David had perspective of everything that he had been through. Mm. So I think it's, it's times where like, man, if you, if you know what it felt like to be absolutely broke, like I've heard stories of people who have, who've hit rock bottom, people who have had um, drug addiction and now they're on the other side of it. Like they, they live their lives through this lens of perspective of appreciation and gratefulness mm. because it's like, man, I know what it feels like to be on the other side. I know what it felt like to have children young and to struggle and to be like literally less than paycheck to paycheck living and God knows we haven't arrived at some like major promised land, but we're just not at that place anymore. So bro, there's not a time that I don't think about anytime we do anything. I'm like, man, I'm just grateful. Mm. Cause I still remember. Yeah. I remember when going to an amusement park was like, bro, we just, we can't, I'm trying to figure out how to keep the lights on. Right. So I think just living from a place of just don't forget, don't forget what you've been through and let that be the thing that fuels you with being able to express adoration. Cause again, man, like, you can think of any scenario where we're happy to celebrate anything, but when it comes to God, we tend to get conservative, which is why I think, but, but Jesus didn't save us in a conservative way. Hmm. He died on literally on a hill. It was extreme. Like it was extreme and it was so, it was visible. Like the cross was like, he was naked, exposed. He did something in a very visible way. He could have died in secret. Man, hmm. I don't want to have to deal with that, but it was very public. 
because that's the shame that he wanted to take on. So if he did something so public, why would we want to be private when it comes to showing appreciation for it? Yeah. And it kind of goes back to towards the beginning of our conversation when I, like I mentioned, I've just been really thinking about like worshiping God for who he is instead of just the attributes of him. And like, Mm -hmm. if nothing else, man, like you are not going to spend eternity in isolation. Yes. You're going to spend it with the person who, or the being, the the divine being, the God of the universe who created you. Yeah. You know, and you're going to have peace. Like, that's something to worship right there. For if sure. you never get another raise in your life. Yes. If you if you never see a miracle, like that's a miracle in and of itself. Ain't you preaching? I can. But. <laughs> <laughs> and, and and just to go back to your point about Tom Brady, I think this is gonna be <laughs> Oh a, my god. I think this is gonna be a great place for me to look back in the archives when we did after the message and you said something. I can't remember how many wins that you said that the Bucks were gonna have this year, but I may plant it in this so that we can have the evidence. Did I say something critical? Oh, I asked you at the beginning. I was just like, <laughs> hey, man, what do you think? How many went? I'm pretty sure I did. It was when we were recording. Maybe we weren't, but I'm going to look back <laughs> oh and see. <laughs> you know what? And as we were talking, I can admit that I am not great at everything. <laughs> so apparently my football predictions are an area that I look still need that. to be developed in. We're living out what we're talking about <laughs> this right This is what here. it means, man. <laughs> And you spoke the truth. This is what community is. Amen. <laughs> Thanks so much for coming on. It's uh, it's great as always to to talk to you and to kind of uh, extend the conversation with you. I really appreciate it. Uh, thank you. You're doing a great job, man. This is amazing. And um, I just pray that people are encouraged, man. This is awesome. Yeah, absolutely. If you uh, want to join us uh, on Sunday, check us out uh, at Celebration ORL on uh, Instagram or celebrationorl.org. You can find out all the information about us. And uh, yeah, hope to uh, hear from you soon. And uh, we'll talk to you next week. Thank you for joining us for After the Message. To learn more about Celebration Church here in Orlando, you can follow us on social media under the handle at CelebrationORL or visit our website at celebrationorl.org.